Welcome back to the Bolton E-Bikes podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Chittock, and today I have something very interesting to talk to you about with fat bike tires. So everything you need to know about fat e-bike tires, we're going to cover that today. Stay tuned, put that phone away, and let's get right to it. All right, fat tires, what are they? You've probably seen them on some bikes before. Maybe you have a fat tire bike. If you don't, then definitely stay tuned and listen to this episode because it might be something you want to consider or at least give it a try. So let's talk about first, why do fat tires even exist? How do they come about? There's all sorts of fat tire bikes out there now, but that wasn't the case several years ago. Mountain bikes had 26-inch tires that were about 2 inches wide. Then they started getting bigger. They went up to 29-inch tires. And then they started getting a little bit wider, and you had something called plus-size tires. You've got 27 plus or 27 and a half or 650B. There's all these different sizes. But at some point in time, somebody had the crazy idea to say, let's take this tire and make it two or even three times as wide and see what happens. And whoever that was, thank you because you created something that is a lot of fun. Now, I am going to reminisce a little bit. And going back to my days of mountain biking on the local high school mountain biking team, I remember there was a day when we started out on a ride in the Grass Valley, Nevada City area. And I don't know what the elevation is exactly where we started this ride from, but it was probably between two and 3,000 feet above sea level. And for our rides, we would start at a lower elevation and that's the two to 3,000 feet, that's the lower elevation, and then we would climb and climb and climb and then climb some more and just build up those leg muscles, build up that endurance. And then on the downhills on the way back, you would just have a ton of fun on those trails and uh, just riding and picking up some speed. On one of these rides, I recall that as we climbed and got higher and higher into the elevations, somewhere in the neighborhood of probably... uh, 5,000 or 6,000 feet, things tend to get colder sometimes. So even though it may have been sunny when we started and warm, as you get higher in elevation, temperatures drop. And we got into some snow. And as you're riding along on single track trails and suddenly you hit snow, if you've ever ridden in sand, they can be very similar at times. Basically, you can sink into the snow and your tires just will not stay on the top of it. They'll just spin you can't get traction, you literally cannot ride in it with a standard mountain bike tire in certain conditions. It just, it just doesn't work. But somebody had the great idea, well, let's increase the width of the tire, the contact patch, the float, if you will, and see if you can ride these things on snow. And it worked. And it worked quite well. Fat tire bikes can go where other bikes cannot. And I think that was the real appeal at first is in very cold climates or areas where you have a long winter season with the fat tires. Now, all of a sudden, instead of your mountain bike just staying in your garage, you can actually go ride it. And you do have to dress a bit warmer, but at least you can use it and you can still go get exercise with it. And I think that's why the fat tire bikes originally took off, but now they're finding place with electric bikes. 
And why is that? Why are they doing so well on electric bikes? Most of the bikes that I sell are fat tire bikes, and there's a good reason for that. Now, first, I have to talk about the biggest question that people ask, and that is, do the fat tires make you go slower or do they reduce your range? Because no one wants to reduce their range on their e-bike. You always want to go further. So is a fat tire going to reduce range compared to a mountain bike? Now, I've never done a side-by-side test on this, but because you listen to the podcast, I'll give you a little sneak peek on something that's coming and in the works that I'm pretty excited about. We have the 1,000-watt mid-drive fat bike online currently, and a lot of people have asked for a mountain bike version of that. Now, instead of making a bike that's basically the same but narrower, we're taking a different approach to it. And I, like I said, I'm excited about this because it will allow me to do some interesting tests and comparisons. So instead of having a quote-unquote mountain bike version that's the same thing, we're going to have wheel sets available for a couple of the fat tire mid-drive bikes. Yes, I said a couple fat tire mid-drive bikes, even though you may only be familiar with one. There may be something else in the works. So basically, you can buy this bike as a fat bike and have a separate wheel set that have standard mountain bike rims on it instead. So you can swap the wheels back and forth. Those bikes have quick-release wheels front and rear, so it's very easy to change compared to like a hub motor. So you can ride the bike with fat tires one day when it's, say, snowy or if you're going to go ride on the beach in sand or you're going to do a lot of gravel riding. And the next day... You're going to hit the hard pack single track trails while you can throw on those narrow mountain bike wheels and tires instead, and you can kind of transform how the bike handles because they both have their pros and cons, pluses and minuses. There's advantages to both types. So back to that range question, will fat tires reduce range? Well, in theory, yes, they do have a little bit more drag and they're heavier. So in theory, you're going to get less range. Is it enough to notice? Not too likely. I think the difference is going to be minimal. But when we have those new wheel sets out, I think it'll be interesting to do some uh, video tests on that and see what's the difference in top speed, what's the difference in you know climbing ability, overall weight of the bike, and perhaps even do a range test and see does one bike actually go further with one wheel set versus the other and just quantify what that actually means. But when it comes down to it, electric bikes are so good right now that I personally wouldn't worry about that because the pros totally outweigh that minimal range loss that you might experience. So let me explain what those are. Now, first, this fat tire clearly is bigger. Now, let's talk about the size. What do these sizes actually mean? When someone refers to a 26-inch fat tire, that can be a little bit deceiving And the reason is the 26 inch comes from the size of the rim and not actually the tire. So you have to kind of understand how bicycle wheels are measured. So if you're going by the rim size, yes, the diameter would be 26 inches. So the rim between a fat tire 26 inch bike and a mountain bike with a 26 inch rim is going to be the same diameter and only the width is going to be different. However, When you put the tire on there, all of a sudden things change. Because that fat tire is so much bigger and it kind of has to 
stretch so much wider. The outer diameter of the tire actually is larger than that. So you'll actually have an outer diameter that's typically closer to 29 inches. Now, there's a wide range of rim sizes and fat tires, so it could be 28, uh, it could be 29, it could be 29 and a half. Uh, There's a little bit of variance there, depending on the exact combination. But to put that in perspective, a 26-inch fat tire is actually going to be closer to or more comparable to a 29er mountain bike. So a mountain bike with 29-inch wheels. And the same goes for a 24-inch fat tire, uh, which is a popular size that I actually do sell in one of the Bolton models. And some people wonder if the handling is going to be compromised a little bit on those 24-inch wheels. But that 24-inch fat tire is the same exact outer diameter, about 26 inches, as you know some of the mountain bike, 26-inch mountain bike wheels that we're all used to. So the handling is actually still very, very good. It's just a smaller, more compact bike. So just something to be aware of on the outer diameter that they are larger than what you might think on paper. Now getting into the widths, I said there's different sizes that you could go with. Some of the models that I have have a rim that's about 60 millimeters wide. So we're talking a rim that's... uh, Somewhere in the, I didn't even measure this, but it should have, uh, but less than three inches, about two and a half inches or so wide, bigger than, than your usual mountain bike. And then you can have like a four inch wide tire on that rim. And then other bikes go up to an 80 millimeter. That's a very common size. Uh, Saunders uses quite a few 80 millimeter rims on their bikes. The Rad Power bikes use an 80 millimeter wide rim. So very common uh, among different bike manufacturers to use an 80 millimeter size. So that's about three inches on the actual rim width. And then if you go wider than that, you can actually go up to 100 millimeter. And that's what's on the Bolton 750 watt bikes. Now we're talking that rim is four inches wide. And what that means is if you put the same tire on a rim that's 100 millimeters versus 80 millimeters, it's actually going to sit a bit wider on the wider rim. It's kind of logical and it makes sense. Uh, So just be aware that there's different sizes and that matters when you get into different bike frames and forks because there are some fat tires that even go up to five inches or even more. And those don't fit on every fat bike because not all of the frames were designed for a tire that massive. And not only do you increase width when you go bigger like that, then your outer diameter is going to increase slightly as well. So just pay attention to that on suspension forks and different things, frame widths if you're building something custom. Make sure that things are going to clear and fit. So a little bit about the size. I hope that makes sense and you better understand how big these things actually are. Now, one word of caution I will say about that because of all those variances I just described. Just because a tire says it's four inch on the sidewall, that doesn't mean the actual diameter when you measure it with a tape measure or some calipers is actually going to be four inches. It might be three and a half inches. It might be three and three quarters. It might be four and a quarter. It seems like they usually kind of come undersized a little bit in my experience, but just expect that they're always going to vary a little bit. So what does that big, massive tire do for you besides the float that I talk about? And I have to say this because it's just funny. We talk about the tires floating over sand, floating over snow, being able to go where other bike tires can't. 
I have actually seen people take their fat tire bikes that are not electric. So please make sure you don't do this with an electric bike. I would not recommend this. But there's so much volume in those tires that the bike literally will float. No, you cannot ride it on the water. That doesn't work. But I've seen people actually take their fat tire bikes and put them in a river or in a lake and swim across the lake or swim to a little island with their bike because the bike floats. So you can just kind of tow it along or use it as a semi-flotation device, which is pretty funny. But that gives you an idea of how much air is in those things. It's amazing. But they're not high in pressure. They're high in volume. A normal mountain bike tire, usually you're going to run somewhere between 40 and 60 PSI, which is pounds per square inch. That's kind of telling you how hard that tire is. A fat tire, they're usually rated between 20 and 30 PSI maximum. So you might be running around 15 PSI or so. Now, what that means is that the tire is going to feel much softer. If you put your hands on that tire and you squeeze it, you can actually feel the, the squish in the cushion in that. And that is the reason people love fat bikes so much, because they are so smooth and so comfortable to ride. Now, on the flip side, that means that because of that squish and because of that cushion, you do have to pay attention to the tire pressures a little bit more than a mountain bike, at least in my opinion. And it's not that you can't use a wide range of pressures. You absolutely can. So if you're going to go in snow or sand, you lower the pressure. You want it to be softer. So you could go down to, say, 10 PSI or even less, and that gives you more traction. And if you're going to ride on the road, then you pump it closer to the maximum. But that's going to affect the handling quite a bit. If the pressure is too low, the bikes can feel a little bit squirrely and a little bit uneasy, and they may not handle as well. So you want to kind of find a pressure that fits for you and that's comfortable, where the steering feels right, the traction feels right. So be aware that if you ever go test ride a fat tire bike or a fat tire e-bike, if it doesn't handle right, if it doesn't feel right, check the tire pressure because that can make a world of difference in how the bike handles. And me personally, I, I usually run most of them around 15 PSI or so. But like I said, it depends on the rider, it depends on the terrain. There's a wide range of possibilities and things that you can do with that. But having that contact patch that is literally twice as wide, if not three times as wide as normal, it just feels amazing. Now, I have a little analogy, and this is a true thing, but a kind of a visual for you. I used to do a lot of road biking. And when I was doing road biking and really trying to get in shape and and training. And it's not like I was racing or anything like that. I was just doing it for fun. But I would go ride with a guy who did a lot of racing in his lifetime. And when you're on a road bike with those really skinny road cycling tires, the contact patch you have on the road, that means the amount of rubber on your tire that's actually touching the ground is basically the size. If you hold your hand in front of you and pretend like you're giving someone a thumbs up, Now hold your other hand out and basically, (laughs) you got two thumbs up now. Uh, If you're listening to this podcast while driving, please (laughs) grab the wheel. If you're not, people might stare at you, but you got to do this visually. All right, now then kind of put one hand, you know, a foot or so above the other just to get the visual. Well, the size of your thumbprint on each hand, that's how much of that road bike tire is on the ground. And when you watch the Tour de France or these other things, 
some of these guys are going down these hills at 50, 60 miles an hour. And the amount of rubber that's on the road is effectively the size of two thumbprints. And that is, that is kind of a scary thought. Now, I'll admit, I have done some crazy things on a road bike. I may have gone some speeds that we need not mention uh, down hills and had a lot of fun with it. Thankfully, never had any blowouts or flats while doing that. But that contact patch on a road bike tire is tiny. Now, imagine what it is on a fat bike tire. The diameter's bigger. The width is bigger. I mean, now you're going from a thumbprint to more like your entire fist, (laughs) if not both of your fists together. It's just such a, a crazy difference in how much rubber is on the road or on the gravel, on the ground. And when you get on a bike like that and you ride down a gravel road, it soaks up all of the little bumps and things. And when you're cycling, fatigue happens for multiple reasons. And this can apply to a pedal bike or an e-bike. I'm going to give you a road bike example from years ago because this is something that I noticed. When I was riding one of my road bikes, I was having some pain in my wrists after a certain distance. And basically it was like, oh, I can't ride further than that. You know, I got to fix this problem. Is it it the strength in my wrists? Is it the position of the handlebars? What is it? And on that particular bike, what I ended up doing is changing the pressure in the tire just by a few pounds. And no, I didn't go quite as fast because I had slightly less pressure in there, but just lowering the PSI, just a few pounds on those longer rides was enough to relieve that wrist pain because I wasn't feeling all of the vibrations in the road and it wasn't hurting them as much. Now, if you take that and you amplify it by like, a (laughs) hundred. That's like what it's like going from a road bike to a fat tire bike. So less vibration being transferred to your body means less fatigue. It means you can ride longer, you can ride further, and you can do it with less pain and you can have more fun. And to me, that's what e-bikes are all about. They're about having fun and getting out and getting exercise. And so that's why these fat tires are so popular is because from the very first time you hop on one and ride it, you will feel, wow, this is just more comfortable to ride than the other bikes that I've been on. And then I feel like that's when people say, I get it. I get why the fat tires are so much fun or or they're so popular is because you get on it and it's just a more comfortable ride. Now, are there downsides besides the small but possibly measurable loss in range compared to other bikes? Yes. There are a couple of things to think about. Now, one of them, and this is debatable, but I'm going to bring it up, is that people often say or think that they get flats more often with a fat tire bike. And I can't say that I've ever seen a, an official study or anything that proves this, but here's the logic behind it. And it makes sense, but there's two sides to it. So let's say you're riding along on a road bike with the narrowest of tires and there's a nail in the road or a thorn in the road. Well, your tire is very skinny. What are the odds it's going to hit that thorn? Well, it's pretty narrow, so it's pretty low. Well, you get on a mountain bike and it's twice as wide as that road bike tire. Well, and in theory, you'd be twice as likely to get a flat. Now, what if you go to a fat bike tire that's, you know, say four times as as wide as that original road bike tire we talked about. Are you four times more likely to get a flat because 
you're hitting four times as much area on the road when you're going for a ride? Well, maybe that's true. I don't really know. That part of it makes sense. On the other side, a road bike tire or mountain bike tire is running at a higher pressure. And so it's harder on the ground. A fat bike tire is going to be softer. So which one is really pushing down on the ground harder and more likely to push a thorn through it? Now, if you can float on the top of a layer of snow with a fat bike, that means, in my opinion, it should be less likely to have things poke through it. It's kind of like the videos where you can see, and if you haven't seen this, go look one up. Uh, You may not believe it if you haven't seen it, where you can have this mega huge hovercraft that weighs many, many, many tons, but because of the air cushion that they effectively fly over the ground on, they can go over an egg and not break it. They're very, very gentle on the ground that they go over the top of. And it's not that extreme, but it's kind of the same thing with a fat bike tire. So maybe there's some truth to the flats because of the width, but maybe there's also the other side of you're running less pressure. So do they really get flats that way? I don't know. I think we'd have to do some experiments and try and figure that out. Is that really true? Now, needless to say, what do you do about the flats? Now, that's something we can try and prepare for. Now, with any bicycle, flats are something that's going to happen. There are some airless tire designs out there, and and none of them that I've seen or tried work that great. So I don't recommend any of those. I think you're best off to just go with standard bicycle tires, either with tubes or tubeless. Both of those are good options or can be. But I think the best thing you can do is prepare for flats. And there's a few different ways to do this. First of all, if you're getting a lot of flats, my question is, what's causing them? So sometimes people say, well, what can I do to prevent flats? And I say, well, what sort of flats are you getting? Because that depends. Are you getting flats from running over glass? Well, then stop riding off on the way, way far edge of the road and ride more in the road where it's actually proven to be safer. (laughs) So there's one thing. Are you getting flats from thorns? Okay, well then what type of thorns? If they're goat heads like we have around here, those are nasty. I must admit, I don't like them, but certain times of the year, they are everywhere and you just can't avoid them. Now there's one thing called green slime that you can put into your tubes. And effectively what the slime does is if a a little thorn pokes through your tube, that slime seeps into the hole and blocks the hole and seals up the hole in your tube so your tire doesn't go flat. And it works reasonably well. Against most thorns, I find that to be pretty effective. Now it is adding a little bit of weight. Once again, we're talking about e-bikes, so is a little bit of weight a concern? Typically, no, not really. (laughs) It doesn't really matter that much. Now, the other thing is you can put in a tire liner. There's one called Mr. Tuffy. That's the brand of the liner, and they make various sizes. Uh, But you can put this tire liner. It's basically a thick polyurethane strip of, you know, a rubbery kind of material, and it goes right inside the tread of your tire and on the outside of the tube, and it kind of adds an extra layer of protection. And that makes it so that a thorn has to, effectively, it has to be longer for it to get to your tube. And, and the material's pretty tough, but it doesn't work for everything either. If you hit a large screw or a nail, it can still go through, and I've repaired flats that have had this happen. It can go through that liner. It can go through your tire, through that tube, through that slime, 
and give you a flat instantly. And it really doesn't care. (laughs) And I've had that happen to me too, where, you know, I had a a staple or some big chunk of metal in the road and there was no saving it. (laughs) At that point in time, the only thing you can really do is have a really good patch kit, depending on the size of the hole and patch that tire up. I always carry patches when I go for a ride or carry a spare tube and swap that tube in there. And you can always carry both because that's not a bad idea either. Now, personally, I carry patches all the time because they're lighter. And with fat tire bikes, you can actually let the air out if there's a little bit left. And you can usually push the tire to the side and actually pull the tube out, find the hole, stick a patch on it, and shove it back in without even removing the wheel. So that's my preferred method for fixing a flat on the trail, if possible. And sometimes, who knows, there might be something stuck in there that, you know, you just got to change. So so there's some tips on preventing or trying to lessen the risk of flat tires. Does it really happen more on fat bikes? I can't say. Some people think it does, but I'm not totally convinced on that yet. If you have a an idea on how to scientifically prove <laughs> if a fat tire can get more flats or not, please uh, send me an email. Let me know if you have an idea on how to actually test that. I think it would be an interesting and, and fun thing to do. And I do have lots of tires and tubes around. We could have some fun with that. So there you have it. That's why fat tires are so popular. If you haven't ridden one, you basically you can't imagine what that cushion of air that you're riding on. It literally is a cushion of air. There's two cushions of air <laughs> right rolling along on the ground and you're sitting on top of them. Uh, you can't imagine what it feels like. And I highly recommend that you try it. For those that come into my shop and say, I don't want a fat tire bike, I usually ask them why. Now, one good reason that I heard recently, and, and this is a valid one that I had no defense for at the moment, somebody was going to be taking the bus a lot, and some of the bus racks on the front just don't accept fat tires. Hopefully they'll come around, they'll figure that out. So the tires literally wouldn't fit on the bus rack, so they couldn't ride the bus. All right, there's a disadvantage. You win on that one. But other than that, if you haven't tried it and your only opposition is that you're worried about the extra weight or how it handles, I highly recommend that you try it. Uh, I've read countless stories of people who have fat tire mountain bikes, not e-bikes, and they're they're setting fast times and things, you know, they're really into cycling and they're actually going faster on their rides on their fat tire bikes versus a mountain bike because they're finding in in rough terrain they can instead of trying to be careful about a line and handle the bike just right. You just basically you're riding a monster truck, just go everything and just go right through it <laughs> and and don't slow down. And that was my experience several months back when me and a friend went for a ride. He was on an e-bike that had mountain bike tires. I was on my fat tire bike and there were certain sections of this trail where there were these big boulders kind of in this creek bed and and he would have to kind of slow down because they were they were pretty large and to get through them. And on my fat tire bike, I just went right over the top of them like they were not even there. It was no big deal. Uh, So yes, I had the bigger, fatter tires, but I was not the one going slower. But they're a ton of fun. Make sure you try it. Thanks again for listening to the Bolton E-Bikes podcast. This has been episode number eight, and I can't believe we are this far into things already. We have so many good episodes coming up, so many awesome interviews. So make sure to stay tuned, subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform. If you haven't signed up for my podcast newsletter, basically that's just an email list where you can get an email 
every single week that says, here's the latest podcast episode. Oh, and by the way, here's how you can enter to win a free bike. So make sure to check that out. Go to ebikepodcast.com, put in your email address, and I'll make sure that you know how to win one of the awesome free bikes that I am giving away. And there's almost always a giveaway going on. But thanks again for listening to the Bolton eBikes podcast. If you haven't left a review, please do. I do love those five-star reviews, and I read every single one. 